Hello, Generation Church family, friends, our community here in South County and all over Rhode Island, New England, and, and maybe some people listening uh, from around the world. So I want to encourage you to lean in, raise your expectation for how you are going to hear from God, hear from His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't wait to connect with you more in person and online in the coming days. We love you so much, church. The best days are ahead. Stay standing for, for one more moment. I'll have you sit. I want to just read the verse for service today. You guys happy to be in church? Good to be here. Not too hot today. We got here extra early. Try to get the air on for you. <laughs> it's good. You guys going to be content this summer in Jesus' name? Right? Whether it's, too, whether it's really hot or it's really cold. Right? <laughs> content. Say contentment. Say, I declare contentment over my life and my lips in Jesus' name. Amen. At that point, you guys grab a seat. Grab a seat. Come on. That's it. That's what you came here for, contentment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So we have been in a series called Easter Church. Can you say that? Can you say Easter? Church. We believe that the resurrection of Jesus, the greatest historical event in the history of planet Earth and humanity, deserves more than one Sunday a year to celebrate. And actually, the resurrection of Jesus birthed the church. And if we're going to move forward, In the wild, wild west (laughs) that we live in here, we're going to need to recapture not only what birthed the church, but what has kept the church for 2,000 years, right? Above every denomination, above any specific leader, uh, above any uh, offsprings of religion, What has kept the Easter church? And it has been the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, The Gospels are the historical accounts of eyewitnesses uh, that that Jesus' followers had with Jesus when he rose from the grave. So there are four historical uh, documents that have really been kept and sustained um, through all sorts of criticism to prove their reliability Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've been looking at the first words and commands of Jesus. And we love the kids, by the way. Do we love the kids in the house of God? We love the kids. Yeah, yeah. And if you're watching online and you have kids there, I have three. God's peace and grace and mercy with you. We're so glad that people are online watching. But here's the thing. At the end of Matthew, we see the Great Commission which is what it's known for, where Jesus gives the words to his disciples to be baptized. See, baptism is when the Spirit of God is 
done a work of new life in our hearts, in our minds, and, and baptism is an allegiance to Jesus. When you get baptized, you're saying, my allegiance is to Jesus. Jesus got baptized, and pretty much everybody in the history of Team Jesus has got baptized. There's always those cases, like the thief on the cross, uh, who only had a few minutes to, uh, to live, uh, but he said yes to Jesus. And God's grace is so good that even if you just have a few minutes left to live, that you can put your faith in God, amen, and live forever, amen? But we don't build doctrines on the thief on the cross. We build it on uh, Jesus' teachings and the teachings of the apostles and the church throughout generations. So baptism, and we love uh, summer baptisms here in South County in the ocean, and uh, we'll have opportunities for you to take that step of faith. But that is an allegiance that you're giving to, to Jesus. He doesn't stop there. He then says, after baptism, which is the start, that's why whenever you say, I don't think I'm ready because I haven't uh, had this all figured out or I'm not yet where I wanna be as a Christian, can I tell you something? That's probably gonna be your whole entire life, right? But when you take that step, you put on the jersey, you put on the wedding ring, you are on team Jesus. The journey with Jesus begins. And the word that we've been using is not just disciple, but apprentice. That we are apprentices of Jesus, remembering what is most important. What is most important, Easter Church? Is it your voting record? No, it's not. That's very important. And we pray, holy God, for your righteousness and justice and your truth to reign. But what's most important is the gospel, the good news of Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection, his ascension, and the fact that he's coming again. And until he comes again, we want to be busy, what? Seeing the kingdom of God invade earth. Is that not what's most important? That's what's most important. We want to live in God's authority. It says all authority in heaven and earth in Matthew has been given to God. He has the authority. We're under him. But then he says, it's not your pastor or a leader or a podcast teacher or a TED Talk communicator or worship music, worship styles or conferences or book studies that is going to make apprentices of Jesus to see the kingdom of God grow. It's gonna be you and I as apprentices of Jesus, what? Telling the world about the truth about the abundant life and about the reality of God through Jesus, right? So that's what Matthew, he talks about. And he says, I'm gonna be with you to the end of the age. Mark, all pointing to the same reality, but in, in the gospel of Mark, talks about you're to preach the gospel of, kingdom, of the kingdom everywhere, and what will, will come along with that as we preach the gospel is that people are gonna be healed, is that, that there's gonna be signs and evidences of the kingdom of God that are gonna go all out the earth. So you could find yourself at a soccer game and you're with somebody and they say, I just had a concussion and I don't know if I'm gonna play again. And, and you say, did you go to the doctors? And they said, yes, you did, and they're trying to get better. But what do kingdom of God people, Team Jesus do? We pray right on the spot that you'd be healed. Amen. If you find yourself on a soccer field, not waiting for them to come to Sunday church, but you be the church where people are, wherever, wherever you are, the gospel of the kingdom. 
And God is the God who not only wants to heal bodies, he wants to heal relationships. He wants to heal minds. He wants to heal hearts. He wants to heal primarily families and then communities and towns and cities. You think our nation needs healing? So wherever you go, proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. So that's Matthew. That's Mark. We're going to look at a passage in Luke right now in a moment. John is very similar. In John, it talks about you need to receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, this is the end of of John, so I'm sending you. The Father God sent his own son into the world, and then Jesus says, I'm gonna give you the Spirit, and that's what Luke touches on as well. And so I'm gonna read a few verses, but there's gonna be one verse in this sermon today that's called the strategy of God. The strategy of God. Did you know that God has a strategy? You know that? I talked to my son's baseball coach who uh, he has a great strategy for their baseball team. He also happens to teach at the War College and he teaches on strategy. You know what I asked him after the game? He wasn't ready for it. I said, do you know King David in the Bible? Do you know some of the great characters and the leaders in the Bible? He goes, no, no, I don't. I said, you teach strategy, right, for this nation, training the next generation. I said, do you you know that that God has a strategy? And then I just let it right there. I said, I'm a pastor, and I'm gonna teach on that this Sunday. We'll follow up. But it kind of blew his mind, right? Here, we love this. The great men and women of this nation, we love it. Teaching out and about, and I don't know, you know, everything about his faith and so on. Amazing guy, amazing teacher and coach. But here's the thing. We have to remember one of the primary things about God, his identity, his character, is that he is the sovereign king of the universe, and he has a strategy to put the world right again. Do you know that? Do you know that God has a strategy? Do you have a strategy in your family? Come on now. Tell me, parents, you don't have a strategy when you enter the war zone of putting your kids to bed. Do you guys have a strategy? <laughs> hey, even if, it, even if it falls apart, you know what I've realized? World War Five, Six, and Seven all happen at around seven o'clock. Especially when the Celtics are playing. I won't go there. But wherever you are, hey, you, you, knew, you know where you need a strategy? Uh, uh, you know where you need a strategy? There's another place where you need strategy. Soccer games, U9. You know you need a strategy? You need a strategy. Have you guys ever been to a soccer game before? Have you ever been to youth sports these days? You guys, somebody said they were praying for me all yesterday in the morning. And that prayer was answered by the fact that I didn't ream out a soccer parent. It's really quiet. (laughs) I thought that was funny. It's true. Can we be real? You guys, oh my goodness. It was funny, my, my, my son uh, and a couple other kids, because they always love to know the score. There wasn't even a ref for this game, because it's not travel yet. And my son and a couple of his friends, they're like, we're winning 6-5. A couple parents right next to me, no, it's 6-6. <laughs> they then go, who is that kid there? He is just guarding that guy so tough. And it's like, I I wonder what kind of sportsman. And who's that kid? Oh, that's my son. 
And you know, just by God's grace, I, play, I try to do this. I try to listen to uh, whatever the proverb is. So if it's May 20th or May 21st, I try to listen to the proverb you know, of that day. And I also had somebody pray for me. And you know one of the prayer, one of the, the verses in Proverbs? A man is wise who keeps his mouth what? Come on, what? Oh! You guys think you don't think you need a strategy for every part of your life? Do you not? In that moment, I was ready to blow it all up. <laughs> you will, are, are you, how immature do you need to be? See, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut right now. We need, a, we need a strategy. Do you know that God has a strategy? Yeah, well, here, here it is in, uh, in Luke chapter 24. This is one of the main encounters that, that Jesus has with his disciples. Let's read this together. You can, you can put it up. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them, yeah, you can read it along with me, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and they thought that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. So Jesus is having an encounter with his disciples who thought that the mission was over. He says this, and when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, verse 41. And while they still disbelieved for joy and they were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? Jesus in his transformed, resurrected body, one of the first things is that he's asking for what? Don't you love Jesus? Come on. This is our God. Whatever you have your thoughts about Jesus, this is who our God is. He just wants some food. Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and he ate before them. Verse 44. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses. So everything, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and... If you don't know Deuteronomy, that's okay. First five books from Moses. And then what? The prophets. Prophets spread out throughout human history, pointing to the redemption, pointing to the what? To the coming of the Messiah. And the Psalms, all the Psalms. You know, sometimes people read the Psalms like, who will ascend the hill to, to be with the Lord? And sometimes very zealous, very zealous young Christians, you know, people like, Overly zealous, sometimes like me, you know, like, just like, I'm ascending to the hill, Lord. Well, you know who that's about? It's ultimately about Jesus because he's the only one who perfectly does it. You know that? That's liberating. So the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the what? Scriptures. Why are we here? We are centered together. We gather together around the Scriptures, and all of it's pointing to Jesus. It said to them, thus it is written, that Christ should what? All of this is pointing to this. That should suffer and on the third day, what? Rise. Come on, for people online so that we know that we're so alive, church. Rise from the dead. That's a pretty big deal. This is why we're here, by the way. 
above good teachings, above, uh, I think it's a great habit to gather together, make it a rhythm in your life, church, be a force for good, but ultimately because of the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 47, and what are we to do? And that repentance, that you would turn your life around, you would change your mind, that the Holy Spirit would do that. He's the one who does that, but we're announcing, Jesus is announcing that this is the invitation. Is anybody sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is anybody tired of yourself? Is anybody just exhausted? Well, God says this again and again, turn to see Jesus. And that repentance for the what? Forgiveness of sin. Does anybody here have a specific sin that you think cannot be forgiven? Has anybody right now have so much guilt and shame about something that you have done? Any, you don't have to raise your hand, but I think it's all of us. Well, guess what? There is forgiveness in what name? Because he defeated the grave. Only somebody who can defeat death because all shame, all guilt, everything ultimately what? Leads to death, not the life that God has for us. But Jesus says what? I've given forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all. Are we doing that right now, by the way? We are literally fulfilling what Jesus had in mind that we would what? Proclaim this to all people. Beginning in where? From Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father. And this is the key verse. And the answer for the question, but really this sermon title, the strategy of God is found right here. Behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay. Would you yell out stay? Stay. If you want to just uh, type anything, I mean, or, or draw anything or write anything, that word. The strategy of God for you and me to bring about the kingdom of God, which is his rule, his reign, putting all things together for the good is what? Is to stay. To be still. Is to slow down and to wait. He says, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. I wanted to just come here today to communicate and help you. That when we remember our identities as apprentices of Jesus, God wants you and I to remember that before we go anywhere, we are called to stay, to be still, to slow down and receive his power. You can go on the next few verses. And he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and he was carried up into the heaven and they worshiped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Do you realize this, that God was 
reminding them that they are now the new temple, that the spirit lives within them. But guess what they did? They didn't just go to the temple, the house of God one day. They went over and over and over, blessing God. Put, put up uh, the verse uh, 49 again, just that verse that I want us to focus on. I saw this uh, sign in town at a high school, and it said this, if you want to be a friend, you need to be a friend. Oh, no, if you want to make friend a friend, you need to be a friend. This was what they were giving out to the next generation. Not bad, right? If you want to make friends, you need to what? Be a friend. If you want to what? Make a disciple, an apprentice of Jesus, you need to what? You need to be one. Do you agree? Okay, what's the translation? If you want to, if you want to see people living in peace, you need to be a what? Peacemaker. Would you agree? If you want to see your loved ones be more patient, if you want to see your coworker, anybody raise it high. Do you want to see a coworker be more patient? If you want to see people on the, on the highway be more patient, no, nobody. Then I love it in the back. They give it high. You need to be more what? Patient. If you want there to be, and I love, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a real movement, and it's a, it's a type of spirituality. It's a reminder that in this world, we need to be more kind. We need to be more patient, more loving, Right? I often find, because I know some of the people who will share this message, it's because they really struggle with being sometimes kind and loving in their own life. So the, that message of if you, if, if you want to see more friends, then you need to be a friend. I, I, that's, that's good. But for us as disciples, is if you want to see more people follow Jesus, you need to remember that you are one. How are we one? Because of the grace and the mercy of God. Are we thankful for that? Because of the forgiveness of Jesus, what makes you and qualifies you into the kingdom of light is the amazing grace of God, right? Right? You thankful for that? Thankful for the blood of Jesus, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ? Isn't that good news? So we need to be one. Okay, well, what do disciples do and what does Jesus invite us to do? The strategy of God to see more of the kingdom of truth and righteousness and life, more healing, more hope in this world is for you and I to learn the habit and the rhythm of stopping and staying and receiving the power of God. Do you see that strategy? Put the, the verse right before that. It says, the church, the Easter church, you're right. Who's the church? Are you the church? Yes, we are the church. Is to what? Proclaim the name of Jesus, his forgiveness, his message of good news to the world, right? We on the same page? That's our message. That's our purpose. The good news of Jesus. You gotta, do you catch this? These disciples, these followers of Jesus, they thought the mission was over. They were all about what? They were all about Jesus, right? You guys know the stories. You guys know some of the stories? 
If you don't, here's one, Peter, who God said, I'll build my church on. Before Jesus died, what did they do? Peter what? Peter trying to defend Jesus saying, you can't die. I'm gonna what? Cut off your ear. That's what he did, right? He was, they, were, they were trying to defend Jesus. They were, they, they, they were, trying, to, they, they were trying to do so many things. Uh, Peter, the same Peter, they said, uh, Jesus said, you're gonna, you're gonna de deny me before I die. And Peter's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And he did. Thomas was like, I'm gonna die for you, Jesus. And then what happened? He's alone, depressed in his room because he thought that the mission was over. So there was these uh, group of disciples who were spread out, who had so many different jobs. They were fishermen, some were lawyers, some were tax collectors, all these people saying, I'm gonna follow Rabbi Jesus, but they didn't realize that Jesus wasn't just a rabbi, he was the resurrected king and savior, right? And guess what? I could imagine this. I can, I, know, I can see myself in the story. Can you guys see yourself in the story? Once I get over like the shame, once I get over the hopelessness, and then I'm like, Jesus is alive. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do this. Let's go. Maybe you're not like that, but that's what I'm gonna do. Let's go. Come on, right? He says, proclaim the nations. He's, he's alive. And then he says, I'm gonna give you power, right? It's, 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 really, it's really simple, right? In, in everything in life. If you wanna go out in the day, especially when it's, when it's hot, you're going to need a lot of what? Food, a lot of water, right? Not, I mean, yes, most of the time. Every single time you get gas in your car should be a spiritual exercise that no matter the car and no matter what's going on with it, uh, first and foremost, if you don't have gas power in it, you're not going to what? Right? Pretty simple, right? Very simple, right? I could see these disciples saying, okay. Let's go. And then Jesus says, I want you to stay. Are you kidding me? You want me to wait? You want me to stay? Why do they want them to stay? Why does Jesus? Because the strategy of God is for them to receive the Holy Spirit so that they can be the witnesses of Jesus. The strategy of God is for them to receive the power of God, which means that they have to sit, be still. And guess what Jesus is doing? Because here's the reason, and I, I love this. John Chrysostom gave commentary. He was a fourth century preacher. And he said this, Jesus is the great king and the great leader. Any general, you know what they do? They come with their people, with their soldiers. And guess what? He doesn't tell them all the doom and gloom and everything possibly bad that could happen. He gathers them together to what? To say, you need to remember, you're going not just into happy hour out into the world. You are going into enemy territory. Hey, church, I love summer in South County. I love the people here. I love what God is doing. I love being able to relax. I love being able to rest. But God's saying, even in your resting and your relaxing, ultimately, you need to remember that Jesus has not yet returned. And he has given you and I a purpose. And you and I are the mission of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you have received 
forgiveness and freedom and deliverance in your life, your ultimate main purpose is to be witnesses through the power of God to the kingdom of Jesus. My dad and I were saying, we're so excited for this summer, but we said this, in all our enjoying of God's blessings, let us not forget that we are to enjoy to the glory of Jesus. Here's what happens when you and I sit and slow down, and here's what it looks like. For them, it literally meant they need to stop they need, to, they need to spend time. What was Jesus doing? Teaching them all that he had already taught. He spent time with them for, for, for years and he's reminding them of his teaching. And what we're gonna do over the next um, uh, weeks, months, guys, you know, what, you know what it is? We're gonna talk about the Holy Spirit. We've been doing it for every summer since we started the church. Waves of revival, learning about the power of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody need a greater power than your own strength and power? Does that, if, if, let me see hands. Does anybody need a power that's beyond you? So, application. Monday morning. Find a place to sit. Open the word and say, God, before I go out into the week in this day. I need your power, Holy Spirit, in every encounter. Hey, better yet than Monday, how about Sunday night? Sit. Kids are bed, if you have kids. Or before you go to bed, how about you this? Sit and open up this scripture and say, God, I need your power, Holy Spirit, in every single moment relationship. Do I have some, do I have some people who love to put dates down in the calendar and plan. Raise your hand. Anybody planners here? I know there's more. Okay. Look at your calendar. And how about this? Receive the power of God and pray over every single appointment, every single event. Because what are you doing before God? You're saying what? I am dependent not on myself or any other person. I am dependent upon the person of the Holy Spirit. Is that good news? You get, and we get, and we have the Holy Spirit for free. <gasps> Jesus did it all. He accomplished it all. The good news of Jesus, you have been forgiven. You have been set free. You are not under condemnation. You're a son and you're a daughter. You are God's beloved, even if you don't feel it, and especially if you don't feel it. And if you don't think you deserve it, that's because you don't, but you have God's mercy. Sunday night, Monday, before you go into a meeting, before you go into a car, before you eat dinner, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and Sunday. So you could say, if it's that easy to just stay and just receive from God, would you say that we're going against in this world? A world that has a hard time slowing down and stopping? Would you agree? You know what I often hear? 
And you might say this, where are we going? What are we doing? Where are we going? What are we doing? Hey, church, the strategy of God so you and I can be witnesses and see waves of revival in Jesus' name is to have a rhythm and a habit of staying long enough where you can say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Would you stand? Before you log out online or check out here, you would agree that it is hard to love people constantly being rushed. Would you agree? Would you agree? Yeah. And you've all agreed and and acknowledged that you need, as I do, the power of God. All the work has been done and accomplished by Jesus on the cross. What you first need to receive when you say, fill me, Holy Spirit, is that you're a son and that you're a daughter. If you are in this place or if you're listening or watching, it is time for you to be able to say what God says in Romans 8.1, that there is no condemnation in Christ over my life. That means this. If you put your faith in Jesus today or afresh, guess what? You will be awakened and revived to the reality that there is absolutely nothing that you could do that could separate you from the love of God. Amen? So why don't we do that right now? If there's anybody in this room watching, listening, if you know that there is now no condemnation for you and that you are a son and you're a daughter, you just raise your hand right now. If you know that, you make that declaration. There is no condemnation. Here's, here, if you confess it with your mouth, so would you say it out loud? Would you say this? Would you say, there is no condemnation for those, for me, because I'm in Christ. That didn't even take a minute. Imagine your life if you had a rhythm of stopping and staying and remaining and waiting long enough to remember. But here's what you need to know. It is the free gift given to you by faith. I pray that in the power of the Holy Spirit, if there was anybody in this room or listening or watching that truly prayed that or said that, that holy God, you would do the work of regeneration, of new birth in hearts and in minds. But God, for all of us, we also pray this. Say this with me. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Your strategy is to stay long enough where I remember you, Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the Jesus Church all over. I thank you for the reminder that you invite and you call each and every one of us Before we go, and church, this is, I believe this is from the Spirit. This is about wherever you find yourself staying, slowing down, and being filled with the Spirit. I pray the word of God 
and scriptures would burn in your heart and in your mind. That you'd find great joy like the disciples to gather together in the, in the house of God, worshiping God, praising his name. Wherever you find yourself, continue to praise God day after day, week after week, month after month. So we praise you and we thank you, God. Church, eyes up here. What I'm basically saying is the primary mission of the church is to worship Jesus. And when you slow down, when I slow down, and when we're still, we get our focus on Jesus and we worship him. And we worship him. Amen? Amen. Let's give Jesus a reminder of praise. Thank you, Lord. Fill me, Holy Spirit.